Welcome to another News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. The Jaguars are full tilt into training camp. We've reached yeah. the first break now, Justin. Four straight practices. Get a day off to kind of recuperate before they put the pads on later this week. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it. the first four days have flown by. We've kind of been looking forward to this week all summer to see what, A, what the rookies brought to it, B, the growth of Trevor, and C, to see how much uh, difference it is with Doug Peterson running the show. And if, you know, my one takeaway from this week of camp, players are really glad that Urban Meyer is out of the mix. Yeah, the, the, you, you could say that again. I mean, what Josh Allen said, he said it's a professional environment and the coaches treat us like adults. Like, yeah, and uh, you're not going to get players, you know, audibly ripping Urban Meyer on the record, but what they have said in the gray areas or leaving room for interpretation yes. is that Urban Meyer must have been the biggest jerk, um, the biggest out of touch coach, supervisor, teacher, leader that these guys have ever had to deal with. That doesn't um, sound very out of character for Urban Meyer. Yeah, that sounds know, about right. Trevor said something on Monday where he um, you know, almost said it's a professional environment. You can tell where uh, you know Doug kind of is more uh, plugged into things. He's a former quarterback. You can relate to him. And just every, almost every soundbite this offseason, uh, when you ask players what Doug Peterson has done, you get very similar responses about the professionalism. Uh, he treats you like grown men is what uh, Josh Allen said the other day. So that Urban Meyer drama last year, right? you know, a three and 14 team, I think they were lucky to win three games with that dysfunction and with that upheaval in the locker room that Urban Meyer brought. Oh, definitely. I mean, Urban didn't win three. Urban let's, did not, let's, win not, three let's not give him credit <laughs> for that last game. That was all Daryl Bevel and uh, knocking the Colts out of the playoffs. Uh, we, we're definitely not giving Urban credit for that one. Uh, definitely a new day here in Jacksonville. The players are ecstatic to have Doug Peterson at the helm and, um, you know, legitimately – most of them are very happy with the way things are going and the way things are looking. Uh, with a couple of days already through camp, day one was really conditioning. Um, just a lot of running in shorts, guys getting kind mm -hmm. of acclimated to being on the field. They, they've been slowly extending each practice day by day. So uh, Monday, a lot of conditioning, really short practice. Tuesday added a little bit more into the mix, um, some some passes around and things. Was Tuesday the day that Trevor was perfect? Was that Tuesday? Trevor was perfect um, on Tuesday. What is it, 15 for 15 or 16 for 16? Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday was a big day for the offense. And then Wednesday, a couple of incompletions here mm -hmm. or there. Um, and then today, Thursday, as we record this, uh, the defense finally getting their day in court to, to get a hold of it. So let's kind of go through step by step and, and kind of go through what we've seen. We can start with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, as advertised. Very as advertised, good. yes. Very good. And, you know, that was, again, at the top of the podcast, one of the things we wanted to see were our biggest burning questions. What has Trevor done this offseason to give you that hope? And, you know, Trevor addressed it when we saw him a few weeks ago uh, at, uh, at the Westside Middle School talking. He was uh, throwing the ball around with some, uh, some kids from a local youth association, and he mentioned then that he, he felt better mentally. Physically, he was stronger. He weighed a little bit more, um, and he thought that made a difference. And this was the first week we had a chance to see Trevor, what he has, how he's progressed in this offseason. He said, you know, last year he had shoulder surgery on his uh, left shoulder entering the season. Um, you know, I so forgot just, about that. Yeah. yeah, so he just wasn't the same 
Um, you know, plus you're a rookie coming into in a new offense, trying to learn things, new locker room. You're, uh, you're a franchise savior. So uh, Trevor said this offseason for him has been a little bit more stable. He feels more in grasp of things. And I think we saw that uh, throughout these first four days of camp, that Trevor's got a command of this offense, even though it's his second offense as many, in as many years in the NFL learning. Um, he feels comfortable. He looks good. He looks better. He looks more refined back there. And throwing to um, you know, quite a few different receivers, too, that are expected to play big roles. Christian Kirk. Um, Marvin, excuse me, not Marvin Jones, Zay Jones. I think uh, those guys have looked really, uh, really sharp in practice. So mm-hmm. um, I think Trevor has looked um, exceptional. So you know, in four practices that we've seen him, he's looked he, he's looked very good. He is in a, a clear command of the offense, uh, as Doug Peterson says. He knows where the bones are buried. Right. Uh, so you know, you you have to be excited about Trevor this season. The first struggles for this training camp came today for Trevor Lawrence um, in red zone work. Yeah. He did throw some touchdown passes to throw an interception as well. Probably not as many touchdowns as you really would have wanted from him to say they were in shorts and the offense kind of has the advantage to go with that. So uh, maybe a little bit crisper there, but you know, we, you could put that on, depending on what the defense was working mm-hmm. compared to what the offense was working, really tough to get a feel there. But he's been in very, very much control. Even the interception, not a clean, inter- it wasn't like a bad throw. It was mm-hmm. a tip pass and that, you know, once it's tipped up, it can go to anybody. Right. So it was one of those kind of deals. So does it go against Trevor Lawrence? Yes. But is it necessarily like, oh, he made this awful read and, and threw an interception? No. No, and he's so, thrown well. I mean, he's he's had some at, at sideline. It seems like the sideline catches, there's been one a day mm-hmm. that has just made you shake your head and say, my gosh, you could not have thrown a prettier pass than that. Coverage is good. Um, and granted, again, we're, we're in – we're not in pad, full pads yet and helmets right. and everything. So this is geared more towards a quarterback and receiver winning matchups on the defense. But some mm-hmm. of the throws that Trevor has made have been just dead on the money um, and great catches from receivers. I mean, Christian Kirk had a toe-tap grab on the sideline. Um, just unbelievable. Like Quan Treadwell has had great catches. Zay Jones has had some nice catches. LaVisca Chenault, you know, a guy we've kind of uh, gone back and forth on this podcast many times what's his role what's he what's he going to be is this going to be the year he steps up he has played really well Mm -hmm. uh this week and and getting touches um so i think it's been overall it's been a good week for trevor lawrence in this offense um it'll be interesting to see what happens when those full pads gets on and more of that contact is allowed out of practice yeah one of the things i do want to touch on that's probably why we won't spend a whole lot of time talking about the offensive or defensive line Mm -hmm. is just because there hasn't been pads and their part will become a lot more more important and easier to tell exactly right. who's good and who's not next week once the pads right. are on, once guys start going into one-on-one. So just want to throw that out there. I have been very impressed by the wide receiver group and the pass catchers. Um, I like what I've seen from Christian Kirk looks solid. Mm-hmm. I think he's very much a slot receiver. I don't know. I know they, they want him to move all over. He's going to be a very versatile piece. They're going to get the ball into this guy's hands. I like him. Zay Jones has made a handful of plays, including... I mean, up until now, he's got to have the play at camp. I mean, that deep ball on Wednesday, right. he, Trevor launches it. Short throw. Bad throw on Trevor's part, 100%. Shaquille Griffin, Rayshon Jenkins have it sniffed out. Zay Jones is bracketed. He makes a, he just undercuts both of them, makes a play on the ball. And there's just Rayshon Jenkins sitting there on the ground shaking his head as Zay Jones runs right. into the end zone. I mean, Unreal catch. It was about a 40- or 50-yard play, yeah, too. Yeah, just a great play. 
um, on Zay Jones's part. Impressive. Uh, he's very clean. He's got to be the most vocal leader in that wide receiver room. Um, I know they all, all the veteran guys have different leadership qualities, but when Zay is on the sideline, you know Zay's around when somebody else makes a play. So you, you, it's it's kind of cool to have that kind of guy around there yelling for LaVishka Chanel, yelling for even the undrafted guys, mm -hmm. Juan Winninghams, those guys to make plays on the field when they're not there. Um, uh, so I'm very high. I, I like what I've seen from Zay Jones. I think he's even better than I kind of expected him to come in here and be. Um, Evan Ingram has had some ups and downs. I think you know, I was going to uh, mention him. Yeah, I do. He's had some. He had a good catch on Wednesday. Good catch in Dro bad on drop. A, and he had a good catch on Wednesday on a pass that was really thrown behind him uh, by Trevor, and he made the catch, made the adjustment, made the catch, and uh, took it for what would have been a, a huge gain. Again, you mentioned I think on uh, Monday um, he did have some some drop issues, and we know that was a big issue for him with the Giants. Yeah, Tuesday when Trevor was perfect through almost the entire practice, the one incompletion that technically happened was during individual with, right. drills, and, and it, it was, was a Evan drop. Ingram, and it was literally like a three-yard pass with nobody around him, and right. he just doop right on the ground. And it's like, dude, if you can't catch this with nobody around, no risk of getting hit, nothing. A That's struggle. a problem. And Dan Arnold, uh, again, he was the, the tight end of Merritt today uh, with the drops. With the too. drops, So yes. on, on Thursday, so he had some issues with that, drops. On the day that Doug Peterson says, I like tight the, ends. <laughs> like so, the tight ends. So, <laughs> you right. know, so it, it's definitely, those are definitely concerning things. I can see Evan Ingram being a, making huge plays, but also having completely frustrating drops at the same time. Uh, so it, hopefully he can find a balance to that where the mm -hmm. huge plays just kind of make us forget about some of the drops. Uh, but overall, I think the pass catchers are better than I kind of expected them right. to be. Uh, I do like some of the pieces that they have in, on this offense at this point, and I like what I've seen from Doug Peterson kind of getting creative with them. Yeah, Louis Chanel, Travis Etienne yes. have, have uh, showcased that versatility. We've right. seen Travis Etienne catching a lot out of the backfield. Um, LaVisca Chenault had an unbelievable block the other day uh, to spring Travis Etienne for what mm -hmm. would have been a touchdown. Uh, so there have been some good plays like that. I do like the versatility um, of getting uh, Travis Etienne when he's on that field. It, it he adds such an element the speed to you, that team you can't that was recreate not there. speed that somebody else doesn't have and he brings that you know that home run hitter speed there i mean zay jones is fast but he's not etn fast right. you know christian kirk is fast not etn fast like there's there's just a different level for this guy and defenses will have to account for that when you start moving him around and i think one of the things that we've always talked about and it's kind of been a repeating uh, theme is, you know, they have a bunch of guys, but they don't have the guy. And I always said that Doug and Press were going to have to earn their paycheck and get creative. And, I, you know, they've kind of started to show that. I mean, there was a play on third on Wednesday when, you know, Travis Etienne's lined up in the slot. They motioned LaVisca Chenault into the backfield and, you know, hand the ball to LaVisca. That's the sort of creativity right. with the sort of versatile playmakers and skill sets that you have that they're going to need. And I mean, we've seen countless handoffs to Christian Kirk at this point. Uh, they were even doing jet sweeps to Evan Ingram. So, you know, they, they are willing to hand the ball to anybody and everybody who can tote that thing. And, and, and so, this is something uh, you've beat this drum a while, <laughs> but LaVisca Chenault looks like it almost a scaled down tight end back. He is huge. He's huge. He is huge. Man. And if you can get him in 
and, and get some motion going on him, he is a monster. Mm-hmm. You think LaVisca, you know, people who have not been up close to LaVisca Chenault and seen him. He's a big guy. He's like a block of granite. When I he asked Chris Jackson, the wide receiver coach, about LaVisca Chenault, I, I legitimately asked, have you ever coached a wide receiver built like LaVisca Chenault? And he said no. He said, LaVisca's got the body of a running back, but quick like a wide receiver. He said, I've never had a guy with this sort of skill set. And, you know, that that in and of itself, speak, that speaks for something. I mean, right. if this guy puts it together, like if you put all of the Jaguars wide receivers in a line, and I said, which one of them's the best one? I'd be willing to bet out of 20 people picking, like 15 of them would say, that guy right there and pick LaVisca yes. because he Agreed. looks the part. I mean, he he's the guy, you know, you, you, when you're in high school, they talk about the guy that gets off the bus first. He, he'd be the guy <laughs> you send off the bus first. Go ahead. Go, go he ahead, is the I'll, guy. Yeah, and that, he does. And that's who he is. I mean, Christian Kirk isn't intimidating. Marvin Jones is, isn't intimidating. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, a, a small corner on him? No, yes. that, that's a business and decision. I, I mentioned move. when we at training camp, <laughs> he is such an X factor in this Offense, we've talked about it for a couple of years. If he can put it together, mm-hmm. um, you know, if he could be a fourth receiver somehow on this team, um, you get that speed and that physicality. I mean, he is a monster on that field. And I think they've been waiting for him to unlock that potential. What are we going to get? Are we going to get a Debo Samuel? Are we going to get a, a, a guy who's carrying the ball, who's catching the ball? What is LaVisca's role? And I think this is the offseason we're going to find out. And I mean, I, I think he's close. I really do. Um, you know, at one point there was all this Travis Etienne, Debo Samuel talk. And the reality of the situation is that LaVisca Chenault's more Debo Samuel I than Travis agree, Etienne totally. is. And, you know, some of the plays where he's gotten his hands on the ball, you know, he's down the field and, you know, stops on a dime and makes a guy miss to where even if it was touch football, he's still running. Mm-hmm. So, once the pads go on, he's probably got a pretty good shot at, at you know at still going. He told us during OTAs that he worked on his speed this offseason. He wanted to get faster. He looks the part. I know that I, at this point, I do feel like we say this every year during this time period that Lavishka Chanel looks good. He's going to be great. And even last season, something ha- well, I know what happened. It was when DJ got hurt. Last season, if you go look at the numbers, I got to pull them up right now. He starts the season on a pretty good tear. And then it kind of it kind of tapered off, and that's because he was being asked to not be the guy or to be more than just the player that he is ultimately. Um, you know, he, right now in his career, he needs to be a slot receiver. He starts the season against Houston, seven catches, fifty yards, solid, decent. All right, week two against Denver. So, uh, two catches, negative three yards. That one's not good, but that's okay. Denver really mm-hmm. whooped up good on the Jacks. Yep. Yeah, good defense. Uh, Arizona bounces back, four catches, 48 yards. That's okay, but that's about what you expect right. from him. I mean, he was supposed to be the third wide receiver, mm-hmm. right? Cincinnati game. This is the turning point of the season. DJ gets hurt in this game, but LaVisca has six catches and 99 yards. A game that they should have won. A game they should have won. Should have won. I mean, it basically falls off the rails after that for him. I mean, he has two games of 50 yards back-to-back against Tennessee and Miami, and then it's, you know, 13 here, 15 there the rest of the way. When DJ got hurt, that was the catalyst because they immediately said, LaVisca's the guy to step up. We said it. Mm -hmm. LaVisca's going to be the guy to step up, but he's not that that receiver. He's not a DJ Chark, and they were asking him to be more than he could be. And the reason he had to be that is because, well, Jamal Agnew's a slot. I mean, think about the guys they started depending on last season until Laquan Treadwell, you know, 
car clawed his way up from the practice squad, who else was going to line up outside? And mm-hmm. them. I mean, Tavon Austin wasn't. Li- well, they tried lining up Tavon Austin outside. We know that wasn't a good idea. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, you needed Lavisca to be this outside receiver because he had the size, but he's just not there from a technical standpoint right now. Could he be one day? Maybe. Today ain't that day. He's not. No, I think he's that. Uh, middle of the guy. I think he's that fourth receiver on this team, and I think he could be a darn good player like that. I think he is an X factor on this offense if he can put it together. Um, It's just, he looks so good on the practice field Mm -hmm. right now, and that's not asking him to be a number one. That's asking him to spring blocks. Um, Absolutely hammered somebody on a block to spring Travis Etienne. The coach erupted on the sidelines uh, with that play, with that blocking. I think LaVisca is an X factor if he can put it together. Um, and, and be, I mean, to, I, I think that receiver stack right now, you got to have Kirk, Zay, Marvin, and you know, who's that fourth guy? I think LaVisca could be that fourth guy. Laquan as the number five. I think we've reached a point where uh, we got guys that are going to be in for certain packages. And, you know, the Jaguars have a lot of slot receivers. So that's going to end up hurting and helping LaVisca because when you have a lot of slot receivers, they tend to be small. Mm-hmm. So like if they get into a point where they really want to run the football, LaVisca's going to be on the field because he can run block mm-hmm. because of his size. Zay Jones is going to be on the field in those heavy packages. Not because he's a huge guy, but because he has good size and is willing to, mm-hmm. to do that dirty work. Christian Kirk's probably on the sideline and run situation. Yep. Marvin Jones has never been a great run blocker. And he's really doesn't have like the size that LaVisca or Zay had the size and strength that those guys have to to really contribute. So I I really think we're going to see a lot of packages for exactly what the Jaguars want to do. At times you'll be able to look at the personnel if you're watching closely and say, ah, all right, I see it. All right, I think we talked a little bit about the offense. We'll kind of get back to them when we have some of these questions that we're going to pull from Twitter. Uh, But let's go to the defense for a little bit. Um, A couple of guys have kind of stood out to me on this defense. Obviously, Tyson Campbell had, uh, he was your MVP earlier in this week. Uh, he's looked great. I mean, he's he picked has. up right where he left off last season. I mean, this is not the same guy from training camp a year ago. I mean, I remember training camp a year ago, we were all like, this guy can't play the ball in the air. We don't know what's going to happen. How can mm-hmm. you be a corner? And he, the light came on midway through right. last season, and he is, he's not looking back. He, he had, he would, Tyson was a meme last year for about the first five games. Man. Terrible. Awful. I mean, just, it, just not, not turning around, not breaking on balls. I don't know how many just negative roast tweets we saw during games in that first, because Tyson just did not look like an NFL cornerback. No. Light came on, and he ever since has been solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other day on Wednesday in, in training camp, a couple pass breakups, probably the line of training camp so far, just like Chick-fil-A closed on Sundays uh, <laughs> when he had a pass breakup, uh, when Trevor looked his way. So um, you see that confidence, you see that, uh, that playfulness from Tyson Campbell, but he is really coming into his own, and I think proving he's that, that 1A, 1B corner for the Jaguars. I, I think he's that good. I mean, he, he, the combination that the Jaguars have with those top three corners, Darius Williams still rehabbing that shoulder injury, mm-hmm. so he's been in a red jersey. But we know, I mean, as long as he's as advertised, Shaquille Griffin, good. Mm-hmm. Darius Williams expected to be good. Tyson Campbell has shown he can be good. This is probably one of the better trios of corners the Jaguars have had in a while. I know, obviously, there's no Jalen Ramsey in this right. mix. But, I mean, from a pure trio of corners and talent, all three of these guys are very Which I think needs to happen point. because the safety 
grouping to me is is untested with Andre, and then you're coming back from injury and inconsistency with Rayshon. So uh, to me, those corners are going to have to be the strength of that secondary. Yeah, uh, I've I've keep trying to give Rayshon the uh, the benefit of the doubt and saying, okay, well he he's going to turn this thing around. He's going to turn it on. That play against Zay Jones did not instill confidence in me, where he's just right. sitting yeah. on the ground. I'm, not, I'm with you. Um, like him as a as a person, nice guy. I think he plays hard. I love that he talks trash out there, but I I just don't know. And the problem is there's there's not I can, I can tell unless it's Rudy Ford. I don't know who you could replace him with. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen Dewey. We know what Andrew Wingard is at this point. He ain't it. Um, we know I, I'm I have high expectations for Cisco. When I talked to him the other day, he told me he ran a four three in his junior year at Syracuse and was upset. That he couldn't run the the forty at the combine, I th- I can tell you I was blown away. I thought he might run a four five, but he is four three three. I mean that's some that's, wheels. That's, we- that's, that's those, wheels. That's wheels. So I mean if he can run a if he has that sort of speed, which I mean the video that went viral of him running against Micah Parsons and Micah Parsons did run a four three, mm-hmm. and he says he thinks he won and it's very close and he may have won. I mean he's got video evidence. I think he, he probably runs pretty fast. So <laughs> at the end of the day, if he's got that sort of speed. You know what? Cody Grimm told me that his best asset is his eyes and that you don't see young safeties with, with eyes like that. So you got a, a, sa- a safety that's as young as him that already sees the game mm-hmm. well with the speed to make plays. If I was placing a bet, if sports betting was legal in Florida and I had to pick who's going to lead the Jaguars in interceptions, my money's on Cisco. Oh, he's also the only DB that starts practice on the jug machine every day too, <laughs> by the way. So I'm, I'm just saying, you know, hey, I'm, I'm just putting the pieces together. Uh, so I do have high expectations for him, but he is unproven. You're mm-hmm. right. Uh, but th- with those corners, I think it should give them room to roam and go and make plays. Hopefully we can see the Rayshon Jenkins that the Jaguars saw when they signed him away from the Chargers. Uh, we'll see exactly how that pieces together. He does have a kind of versatile still set as a guy who can kind of play in the box and mm-hmm. back off. Um, so hopefully that will piece together. Um, at that linebacker spot, interesting stuff going on while Devin Lloyd sidelined with a hamstring injury. Uh, Shaquille Quarterman really taking advantage of it. I mean, he was part of the play of the day today, uh, tipping up a pass that Shaquille Griffin came down with. He uh, caught that one for an interception off Trevor Lawrence. Quarterman was a guy that we were worried might be on the bubble. Right. And now uh, with an, he's taking advantage of an opportunity. If Lloyd's not back when the pads come on, Quarterman might make himself right at home right. in that starting line. <laughs> when we've talked about the free agent signings, we've talked about the draft picks that the Jaguars have invested in the linebacker position, and that did not, to me, compute with, you know, maybe Shaq Quarterman could get pinched in this type of situation, mm-hmm. but he's making plays, he's running with the twos, um, he's taking an opportunity with Devin Lloyd, uh, you know, missing some time, so... Um, you know, Shaq possibly squeezing himself back into that linebacker conversation, too. Um, and it, I like the linebackers. I really like the linebacking core. I like the Devin Lloyd pick when it happened. Um, Trayvon Walker, I think he, if you've not seen Trayvon Walker up close, he is a man out there. Um, I like Josh Allen. So I do think the linebacking core, I know you're you're high on those corners mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the, the secondary, but I like this linebacking core. I think that linebacking core... Uh, will be the strength of the defense this year, provided they can stay healthy. Yeah, I, I do think that linebacker core with, with those guys will be interesting. Um, one of the things that I kind of noticed as they were working through their nickel defense was how everything stacked up. Uh, 
Two guys on the inside, Arden Key, Dewan Smoot, with Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker working those edges. I like that from a pass rush standpoint. Um, I think that Arden Key and Smoot, if they can get some in interior penetration, which both of them have done in the past, uh, that's what Arden Key basically did in San Francisco last season to rack up six sacks. That could help Walker and Allen, so that could be a very good front right. for the Jaguars in that nickel look. So uh, th the defense is very interesting. It should come together, and I think at, at worst, at worst, they should be solid against the run. They just have so many guys that 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 they're solid run stoppers. Like, even if Trayvon Walker never learns how to be a pass rusher, we know he's a good run defender. Mm -hmm. If Devon Hamilton never learns how to do anything else, he's going to clog up the running lanes. Foley Fatukasi, good run stuffer. Uh, Foye Aluakin. Good run stuffer. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, if none of these guys elevate their game a lick, I, I, the, the description that I would put with the majority of the players that are going to be on the field is good run defender. Right. So all of this should come together to say maybe the Jaguars won't just give up 100 yards a, a game and mm -hmm. just let teams run the ball down their throat anymore. That, that would be a step in right. that direction. I think so, <laughs> and I, it reminds me when Jacksonville was – very poor on run defense. The teams were gashing them Man. five, six yards a, a gain. And what they do, they went out and signed Marcel Darius to help them fortify that defensive line. And they saw a, a thing. We don't have a, as many high-profile guys on this defensive line. It's almost anonymous portion of the team. I mean, you've got Devon Hamilton, uh, Foyer down there, um, or Foley down there, um, you know, Dewan Smoot. You've got some guys on that line, but they're, you know, for the most part, anonymous. Um, but could, again, could be the strength of that defense. You know, Urban Meyer used to love and say, start the defensive line. I want a strong defensive line. Mm -hmm. Starts up front. And they went out and, and really didn't have a, a great defensive line last year. It was more an, an anonymous group. But I, I like it. It's kind of a quiet, sneaky uh, group with the potential to shut down, uh, shut down that run defense or shut down the, the running attack of teams. But I'm going to still side with that line. I like the linebackers on this team. I think that's the strength of the defense. All right, deal. Let's get to some of these questions that we got here on Twitter from folks looking to get some insight into training camp since fans can't make it this right. year since it's at Episcopal. So uh, I got one from at Cadlin X Film who says, as of right now, do you think Treadwell makes the roster? And uh, I think... Resoundingly, yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. That's a unanimous yes. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think. It's I close don't think right it's now. even close. When you look at that wide receiver group, and I, I mentioned this earlier, you got a lot of players that you would describe as a slot receiver. Mm -hmm. um, Christian Kirk is, a, is ideally a slot guy. Uh, Zay Jones played a lot in the slot in his career. He's going to play outside here, but ideally he's a slot guy. Lavisca Sanol, slot guy. Jamal Agnew, slot guy. Uh, you can go through go through all of them, and outside of Marvin Jones. You know, Zay's going to play on the outside. He can play both. But outside of Marvin, he's your only just his trait is he can play outside. Mm -hmm. Treadwell gives you another guy with the size to play outside. I think Tread's safe. He's been consistent all the way through um, and continues to make plays. He has a great relationship with Trevor Lawrence. And I think we're, at the end of last season, you saw that they had yeah, absolutely. You could I, see I loved that relationship last out year. on the field. I loved and him at the end of last year because he was about the only consistent on that team. And, and you know, when it comes to pass catching, and he mm -hmm. forged something with Trevor down the stretch. I mean, it's not like Laquan Treadwell is a is a, off the scrap heap. This no, guy's a former first round pick. He's a former first round pick, but he looks like a guy to me who, while people were you know trying to label him this bust. 
that he realized, like, I don't know what clicked. I don't know, you know, where it was, but he knew if he came here to Jacksonville and washed out, it was over. And he showed up and he fights every day. And he tore it up last training camp and I was astounded when he got cut. And I'd be astounded if he gets cut now because he continues to make plays. Agree. He, he did it last season given the opportunity. I like Laquan. I liked him last year. I yes. thought he was an unsung kind of, uh, I wouldn't say hero on that offense, but he was an unsung guy who made plays when given the chance. And I like him to continue to kind of make a step in that offense this year. I like him. I think he could be that fifth, that fourth, fifth receiver on this team, and I think he's gonna. I think he has a potential to lead the team in receiving a few games this year because I think that rapport with Trevor is something we saw last year, and we've mm -hmm. seen it in training camp. All right. Uh, next question is coming from at General of Duval. Should Thomas? I'm assuming he's talking about Daniel Thomas get more first reps over Jenkins, Rayshon Jenkins. Uh, you know, Thomas, when given the opportunity, when he's been healthy, been solid. has been solid. He had a sack the other day during team period for the defense. Uh, I don't think. He's at a point where he's going to be able to compete for that starting job. Uh, they haven't put out a depth chart, but even with the way they've separated the safeties, my first guess would be he is Rayshon Jenkins' mm -hmm. first backup. Right, I agree. Uh, but I, I don't know that he's at a point where he's going to be able to compete for that starting job unless Rayshon gets banged up. I agree. It, so I, I think those safety positions, I think it's... Right now, it's Andre and Rayshon's yeah. spots to lose at I, this point, from what we've seen so I, far. I think it's pretty set. I think that's those that duo is what's going to be there week one if everyone's healthy. Agreed. And I don't think there's much competition. Uh, all right, we got one from at Poppy Stingray. He said, well, what undrafted player has the best chance to make the roster? I got two guys <laughs> okay. that I really like. And I, look, I know I, what you're going to say. I, I got, you know exactly who I'm going to say. I have two guys that I really like. I love undrafted players. They've always been something that I've liked, and I always try and keep an eye and try and find you know, those hidden gems. Um, so I, you know, that's, I'm a huge fan of James Robinson. I didn't call that one, but I love J-Rob. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Benji Franklin. Uh, he has made plays the first few days of training camp uh, extremely quick, ran a 4-3-4 coming out of college, uh, has shown the speed, should have had an interception early in camp but dropped it. Uh, I think he's the defensive back that has shown up and has a shot at catching some attention. Um, I asked Doug Peterson this morning about undrafted guys that had caught his eye, and he mentioned the receiver group. And I can tell you which receiver it is because there's two undrafted wide receivers there, or there's a few. But the main one that people think of is Kevin Austin right. Jr. It's not Kevin Austin. He's no. been probably one of the worst players on the field. He has been a disappointment. He keeps dropping passes. Right. I mean, I'm sorry. He looks the part, but he can't catch. He so has been a disappointment. He, he did make a nice sideline catch yesterday in practice, but uh, the drops have been too pronounced for Kevin. He, he does not seem like he even fits out there right no. now. Very, very lost. So my undrafted wide receiver is Lawan Winningham. Uh, he's a guy who caught my eye during OTAs and minicamp. He's the tallest receiver on that roster. I just went through the whole slot outside guy. He's an outside guy. Caught a bunch of touchdown passes at Central Arkansas. Looks smooth going through his routes. Has made some, I think he was my player of the day on Monday for the catch mm -hmm. he made. Because uh, he made an incredible grab, continues to make catches day in and day out. Made a catch the other day during team, and Zay Jones just lit up on the sideline. That's why you play football. Um, so clearly the guys like him. I like Lawan Winningham, Benji Franklin. Those are my two undrafted guys. Okay, nice. I, I would side with you on both of those guys. Um, I haven't seen Franklin do as much as Lawan, but uh, I did see Lawan give you a heads up. Uh, and uh, 
and uh, threw you some love at camp when he walked by. Yeah, that's my uh, guy. You know, it, he, he was kind of nervous when we talked to him during mini camps. Like, well, what do they want to talk about? No, he'll be fine. We got this. He must not have gotten much uh, media yeah, he, coverage. I know. He, he has, <laughs> where does he fit into that receiver rotation? Maybe he's a squad guy. Maybe he's he may a, end up on the practice squad. It, it's going to depend on what he does during these preseason games. Mm-hmm. I mean, these games are going to be huge for these undrafted guys. If Winningham goes out there and shows enough where they don't feel like they can hide him, then he has to make the right. roster. So it, he'll, he'll need to show up, but I, I think he's done. Up until now, he's stacked the good days. That's right. what he keeps saying he wants to do. He just wants to stack good days. Mm-hmm. He's been doing it. He's done it. Um, let's see. At Swoop Scott M asked how the receiver group looked. I, th- I think we've yeah, pretty we've much established that, that very they, good. they look very, very good. good. We're, we're high on them. All right, last question we got is at DTrip29. He said, uh, how did Walker Little look today, and do you think he'll become the left tackle down the line? Uh, like Little, I think he is likely going to win that right tackle job, ultimately. I think when it's all said and done, Walker Little wins the right tackle spot. The left tackle part, I don't know. I mean, Cam did sign the extension. It's not a hugely long-term mm-hmm. one, um, but it's tough to see that far out. Maybe two years from now. Maybe, you know, when you start getting into the, are we going to re-sign Cam again? Yeah. Is we going to pay him another big money deal, or are we going to open that up for competition. I think in that situation, then you weigh out the Walker Little because Walker Little at that point will be coming into his own in terms of are we going to extend this guy? Are we going to make him a, pay him like a left tackle? I don't think at this point uh, Walker Little's in that left tackle conversation. I think Cam, they've invested in Cam. Trent Baalke loves Cam. Yes. Um, they've, you know, they, they could have upgraded in free agency. They elected not to. They stayed with consistency. So I think they're pretty happy at left tackle right now with Cam Robinson. Now, if an injury happens, I think Walker uh, moves into that left tackle spot and uh, they they address uh, address the right tackle, maybe put Jawan back in there. But I do think right now it's it's Cam Robinson's job to lose at left tackle and Walker's job to lose at right tackle. Yeah, I think ultimately Wal- Jawan Taylor sat out practice today. So ultimately, I do think I just don't think he can hold off Walker. I no, just don't I don't. Think so. I don't think so. Um, okay, one last question from Fat Fit Jag Chick. She said, "What wide receivers have you witnessed coming in earlier, leaving later to catch more balls?" Um, I think most of the guys come in early and mm-hmm. leave late and, and get some extra work on the jug machine. Um, I can't think of a single guy that I haven't seen. Uh, well, okay, let me put it this way: the second bus typically has Christian Kirk on it. So he's one of the later guys to get there. So he doesn't spend a ton of time on the jugs, but all of the young guys do. I mean, Kevin Austin I've seen every week. Marvin Hall I've seen. Uh, Juan Winningham has been over there. Um, Marvin Jones hits the jug machine religiously every day. I don't think I've seen Zay hit the jug machine, but I no. also haven't seen Zay drop many passes. Yeah. So no, I'm the in. last person to leave the field every day is uh, is not a receiver. It's Josh Allen. Yes, it's Josh Allen. Josh <laughs> Allen by far. Every single day. And it's not close at all. <laughs> He's either walking off with Trayvon Walker after imparting some knowledge or Caleb on chasing. It's, it's Josh Allen every day. It's yes. not the receivers walking off the field last. No. So we'll see how uh, training camp continues to shape up. Of course, they got that first preseason game coming up next week. Pads will go on for the first time on Sunday. So things should be interesting. Make sure you subscribe to the News for Jacks podcast. You can keep up with all the latest with us right here or just head over to newsforjacks.com. Look underneath that sports page. We got uh, some nice video that we've been posting there and uh, different updates and things there. So uh, make sure you go check that out as well. Uh, For Justin Barney and Jamal St. Cyr, we're signing off for this News for Jacks podcast.